0: I certainly didn't want to miss me outing myself for TikTok shadow following, so oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, I recorded yeah.
1: that. Oh no, you want that to be the cold open, yeah? Sir,
0: <laughs> so that's the last thing I want for
2: sure. <laughs>
1: episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. Mm-hmm. My name is Will and joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts Kat and John. Hi guys. Heidi ho. Hey and don't forget in, in addition to being right here oh. uh, with us every week uh, John also hosts his mm-hmm. very own podcast and YouTube channel Gen X Grown Up. We're having good times over there. Yeah look yeah. Yes look, they are. He's got a great <laughs> podcast. You are. But, but Got to tune into his YouTube channel, especially because there's a lot of new videos coming out <laughs> and stuff. I am guaranteed something among those videos you're going to want to buy. I'm still circling it because I know there's more videos coming right. out.
2: There's more coming.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> Tailor made for nerds. You bet.
1: <laughs> Got my budget set aside. You see what the one. I'm going to get something. I'm going to get
2: something.
1: That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, on today's show, we're going to be questioning some of the urban legends from the 1980s oh. uh, mm-hmm. and determining once and for all. Uh, whether they've been proven true or confirmed bunk since uh, first haunting our childhoods. Ooh.
0: Are we going to play Ooh. urban urban mythbusters or something? Is that
1: yes. what sure yes. my uh, all right. And what's really interesting about some of these is that maybe all of them, they persist today. Mm-hmm. It, it does fascinate me how we had fewer resources to network back then to spread yeah. the word about things. And yet we did. And now we have those resources today that can be used to fact check things. And yet we don't.
0: And we don't. <laughs> <You> know, what? <laughs> what like back then when somebody told you it was a word of mouth and you felt like you were being indoctrinated into a club. It's like, mm. did you hear about Bloody Mary or the guy with the yeah. hook hand or whatever <laughs> thing? Mm-hmm. And if it made it through 20 people, you're like, well, it must be true if it made it to me mm-hmm. finally, because and then <laughs> right now we could absolutely check and we're like, no, nah, whatever we hear is truth. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what, we're <laughs> subject to the same belief system, I guess.
1: Yeah. Maybe yeah, that is kind of what you highlighted, right? It's the only thing that changes the resources, not necessarily our susceptibility to uh, oral mm-hmm. uh, tradition
0: right. or yeah folklore. Right. We don't take advantage yeah, yeah. of the benefits we have available. We just continue to believe crap. <laughs>
2: Right. We
3: just want to. <laughs> yeah. That's true too. It's yeah. thrilling. It's fun, it's isn't it? Somehow,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I agree. yeah,
1: Hey, And before that, though, we're going to review current news stories related to mm-hmm. 1980s media, including Tron Three is in limbo again, mm-hmm. uh, Cobra Kai reunion in 30 years? Question mm-hmm. mark. Oh, and the urban legend <laughs> that may fuel a Young Guns three, four, <laughs> five, and six. Oh, you know, time codes in the show notes if you'd like to skip around. All right, hey, let's get started with the show. Uh, and get caught up on 1980s news. You guys don't want to just goof around for an hour and a half. No, Some serious information. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly never why I'm here. That.
2: Exactly. <laughs> hey, speaking of
1: killer AI from the 1980s, which we did uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, the episode turned out better than I thought it would. I thought it was going to be absolute crap because I felt like <laughs> it was kind of... Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like we winged it. But I just if I don't prepare a certain amount and level and there's not a certain structure, I feel like it's mm-hmm. shit. It's <laughs> either going to be good or it's garbage.
3: Right. Black or white. All and that then I thing. listen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was, that was okay.
1: Yeah. seemed fine to me. It's still better than like 85% of podcasts that are out there. Mm-hmm. That is our, that's our guarantee That's easy.
2: <laughs> that's a low bar. Well, but anyways,
1: speaking of killer AI from the 80s, the MCP is dead. Long live the MCP. Uh, Dateline June 2023, (laughs) Uh, Variety reported that years after being canceled, production of Tron 3 is set for August, an actor's strike notwithstanding. (laughs) End quote. Dateline August 2023, Variety reports that the Disney-backed sequel was supposed to start the week of August 15th, but Mm -hmm. was shut down amid the WGA and SAG after strikes. Sure. And this is, look, this is the real world consequences of this nonsense that seems, you know, to be going on way, way longer than it should. You've got more than 150 crew members that are laid off because this movie shut down.
0: You've got to think things are starting to be a little bit like the pandemic was in 2020, 2021, where everything came to a screeching halt. Mm. And then eventually people had to start thinking, all right, well, let's start making plans on the assumption that things clear up, a vaccine comes, this thing blows over. And then- Every time it kind of did and there was a new spike, you had to shove the yardsticks back and you had to try again. And I feel like that's kind of where we are in these strikes. It's, has it Has been six months or so? It's been a while now <sighs> that's been going on. Over a hundred days easily. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. maybe not quite yeah. that long, but I'm sure. May 2nd. Itself. You have all these people, not just, you know, crew and cast and executives and stuff. They can't just sit and twiddle their thumbs. They have to set up a roadmap, assuming things get cleared by X. Because if you wait till it's clear, what are you going to do? You're like, oh, let's scramble and start. And then every day it doesn't clear up. You've got to move to the next, to the next, to the next. It must be infuriating.
3: You just
1: shift. What I thought you were going to say, John, which uh, it may happen too. And then these uh, producers, these uh, streamers, these content, not content creators, because that's what the problem is. They're not content creators. They're, Mm -hmm. they're, uh, you know, whatever content funnels or. platforms (laughs) platforms <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. uh, when they, they're going to finally come to the table when, when there's a new paradigm, right? Cause what I was thinking about with the pandemic was, it was like, look, this may be the the new, the new, new, we just have to come up with new paradigms and we could be as mm-hmm. happy and successful as we were in just a different way. Mm-hmm. And then we had all these things develop online communication, a uh, curbside pickup, you know, these different things right. that weren't in right. vogue then that have stayed. Oh yeah. Yep. When the artists start doing that stuff, I think then enough people will start panicking. Well, you know, But but it's it's a harder t- task because they'd have to build a platform to stream their content, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah. and fight with the juggernauts that exist now. And then, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just come to the table. Just just pay the people <sighs> what they need. Yeah. But yes. somebody's got a show they yeah. love. You know, somebody's like, well, I want to see Strange New Worlds again. Therefore, let's go to the table. Somebody's going to want something bad enough that they'll finally crack, I hope. Yeah, with the proper motivation. Well, the, <laughs> they haven't budged yet. Yeah,
1: proper motivation. Well, this organization that, you know, AM... TPT or PTP or whatever it's called mm. is a, is an organization that our bargains on behalf of everybody, mm. Netflix, mm. Disney, everybody. And I think only if they all agree, can they move forward? Otherwise you might see a Netflix <sighs> say, screw it. Let's pay them what they want. We want to get the stranger things back in production. That'd be yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Somebody needs to just break the line and go, you know what? We're not in your club mm. anymore. We're going to agree to this new terms. Mm. So we get all the new content. Somebody, somebody yeah. could do that. Probably <laughs> there's probably something in place to stop them, but get around that yeah. if they want too bad. Now.
1: Anyway, just with regard to Tron 3, which is officially titled Tron Ares, it's set to star Jar- Jared Leto, Evan Peters, Greta Lee, and Jodie Turner-Smith. I know half of those people. Wait, personally? <laughs> no, not personally. I just know mm-hmm. my name. Don't hit <laughs> the mm-hmm. horn. I don't know any of them personally. Okay, all right. Uh, Joaquin Roning took to Instagram. Joaquin Roning is the director uh, of the film. He directed uh, one of the, uh, I think the last uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He de- de- directed the uh, uh, last Maleficent film. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, he's, he's set to direct this. um, He he said uh, on Instagram today was supposed to be our first day of principal photography on Tron Aries movie Mm -hmm. subsequently about AI and what it means and takes to be human. Hmm. Instead, we are shut down with over 150 people laid off. It's indefinite, which makes it exponentially harder for everyone. End quote. And of course his dig about the AI is part of this strike is the fact that like we talked about last week, producers (sighs) are the streamers. They want to replace actors, writers, designers with computers to some extent. The first Tron, of course, starred Jeff Bridges, debuted in 82 and flopped. Uh, Since then, of (laughs) course, it's gone on to have a cult of following. Yes. Which was enough to garner a 2010 sequel, which was, it was, I don't know, it was fine. Uh, Exactly. The CGI in it was... It was fine. The CGI was too, uh, took me out of the film too much.
3: Um, Ah. Watch list worthy? No? No, no, no. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: you should have... You should see it much in the way you should see. Okay. This is not a bad movie. It's just not a good movie. Okay. So you should see it to have it in for reference, right? (laughs) Like you shouldn't watch Crystal Skull, but you should have at least seen it once. You know, one of those deals.
2: So you can, it's not Crystal Skull bad. It's
0: just not great.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Reference
1: point. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, in 2010, the sequel, Tron Legacy, uh, came out, in in which Bridges reprised his role Mm -hmm. and was joined by some other (laughs) new cast members. And the film was directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who directed Top Gun Maverick, one of their films that we like. You may recall earlier this Mm -hmm. year, we talked about this because uh, Kaczynski told, uh, um, he he did an interview with, I want to see, it was Empire Variety, uh, where he explained how he was originally set to direct and write the film, but in 2015... Disney finally canceled the project and he Mm -hmm. believes it was probably canceled because at the time they had acquired Marvel a few years, Mm -hmm. like in 2009, I think, and then Lucasfilm in 2012. And he said, if they're going to spend any of their money, they're going to spend it on IP that they know is getting guaranteed to bring in some big bank.
0: Well, that just just goes to show you that there is some positive from the superhero fatigue we're experiencing now because Mm -hmm. not every superhero is now a guaranteed blockbuster any longer because frankly, I think audiences are getting just i've seen enough of it kind of thing and mm-hmm. so maybe we'll see some more original ip get a little more uh, not that tron is original but it's it's a second class yeah. citizen at disney without a doubt definitely
1: know. yeah <laughs> in some interview he talked he referred to uh kaczynski referred to tron as the uh something that weird art student in school with the black <laughs> under his fingernails <laughs> <laughs> like disney would yeah. you know, didn't want yeah. to have anything to do with that, yeah. that guy uh, Leto. Uh, I don't like Leto. I, I don't know him personally. He might be a fantastic guy, but just seeing him <laughs> in films, I don't really care for the dude. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, uh, what has
3: he been in? Why can't I? I looked a up a picture, things. but I'm trying to think. Of I just don't see him. Like he seen. was
0: Joker is something I didn't see. What else Suicide has he done? Squad.
3: Yeah. yeah he was
0: that.
1: also uh-huh. in Dallas buyers club. He was oh, in, uh, he had a smaller part in fight club. Uh, really? That was Smaller oh. roles when he was starting out. He was he's in the uh, in Blade Runner 2049. Oh, okay. Uh, John mentioned he was mm-hmm. oh, Joker that's right. in the Suicide yep, Squad yep, yep, film. Yep, yep. And a right. number of other things. I don't know. I just don't like the dude. He seems kind of like a jerk to me, but I don't mm-hmm. know. No, like, no. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, he, he's apparently a big fan of Tron, and it seems like maybe he helped rescue it and get it back into production with uh, Disney because he wanted mm-hmm. to start it, and he is. Anyway, he is going to be playing uh, Ares, the manifestation of a program that becomes Sentient. Oh, it crosses okay. over into the human world uh, with uh, Lee, who I mentioned, uh, starring uh, opposite him as a video game programmer with a tech company CEO and tech company CEO who aims to protect her world changing technology. Apropos for the times. Yeah. Yes. Yes,
3: it is. The Jeff yeah, Bridges yeah. thing,
1: like that, that idea was cool that his son mm-hmm. goes into the program. Mm-hmm. Sorry for yeah. spoilers, cat. Oh, it's okay. I'm, it, it's cool. But uh, I read about it
3: already. <laughs> first of all,
1: I didn't remember. I don't remember Legacy very well. And I don't remember okay. Tron well enough to remember. Does Tron not get materialized back? I mean, does does a uh, uh, um, F- Flynn not get materialized back by MCP at the end? Or- he definitely does. I thought he did.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, is he stuck in there?
0: Oh, Legacy. There's an explanation why he goes back in, but his program was in there. Okay, right. So because he had him, yeah. and then he had his program as well. He was the user. I
1: think oh. maybe we we're all misremembering. Mis- because in the first okay. one, he's
0: lasered lasered in, and he's yeah. physically
1: gone. That's right. And then uh-huh. one of the he has a program in there, Clue. Was kind of yep. dopey. Right. It looks like him. <laughs> yep. And then okay. he gets materialized back. Yes. In Legacy, his son, he's gone missing, and his son goes into the program to find him.
0: Oh, so Ultimately, him as a user, he's in there again. This is what you're saying. Both, yeah. Okay. He and he's Clue in, are in He's there. in
1: there as a human, right. and he's old, yeah. and he's, he's in there the, playing Clue. There's a de aged, yeah. Yeah. is a DH de- yeah. Jeff Bridges and he's the, turns out he's the bad guy, Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a cool, all that's a cool idea. It's just the special mm-hmm. effects were terrible.
0: Yeah. The de-aging was that uncanny Valley thing. Kind of, it was too, it was close mm, to human, yeah. but too far away to be comfortable. So it just felt weird. Mm. It was, okay. like,
1: yeah. It was pre, uh, you know, f- YouTubers getting their hands around uh, f- deep fakes, mm-hmm. but it <sighs> seems like it's still frustrating to me. Cause I like, I'm watching Ahsoka on uh, Disney, uh, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. I guess if I were a Rebels fan, maybe I'd love it.
3: You'd mm-hmm. probably like it more. Yeah. But, like,
1: there's been some characters on here, they de-aged. And it's like, they still, Disney still can't do this right. Whereas, you know, we were talking about TikTok earlier. Some of these thirst traps that come up. Mm -hmm. I saw this one earlier today where it's a woman who (laughs) deepfakes all these celebrity faces onto her body. And she's dancing around, you know, in a bikini or something like that.
2: It's it's. it's it looks good.
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: How are they able to do that? And Disney, who's got greater resources... I don't know. Oh, I wasn't really
0: looking at her face a lot. That might be part of it.
1: That Maybe. might be
3: part of it. That's that it could the be. That's the secret
1: sauce
0: <laughs> Disney needs. Whenever you're yeah. de aging someone, also have mm-hmm. someone in a low cut top next to them to pull yeah. your eye. Perfect. Uh,
1: you should give Anakin <laughs> yeah. big boobs mm. and a low cut uh, Jedi uh, robot. Sure.
0: Absolutely. I <laughs> see.
1: I would watch. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely watch. I would be curious as hell <laughs> what that's going to look like.
3: Suddenly, the prequels would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right? No yeah. kidding.
1: Hey, another 80s news as reported by V Magazine. Miguel Diaz actor pitches a
0: 30-year Cobra Kai reunion. <laughs> Might be a bit premature to suggest a 30-year reunion, 30 years out. Phew, that's plotting ahead the there. <laughs> uh, during an interview with the publication
1: of uh, V Magazine, conducted before the strike that we were just talking about, Jolo mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Maradueña who was one nice. of the young breakout stars from Cobra Kai, reflected on his time on the show. Matadueno, who currently stars in DC's Blue Beetle as the titular hero, which I've yet to mm-hmm. see. It looks really cool. To mm-hmm. me. It is. It's I good. So to your name. point, John. Yeah, I, when, when Marvel got, got going and they started having this MCU and it was, it was so clever, most yep. of them, and then they started falling. I was <laughs> like, please never end. Now I couldn't
0: care less about these films. Oh. I still care some, <laughs> but I'm no longer like, oh boy, the next one. Because yeah. I've told you, we've talked here before that- it's so There's much. such a proliferation. Yes, Kat. There's so much stuff between the movies and the mm-hmm. the series and wherever yep. that if, if I don't watch it all, I feel like I didn't do my homework and I'm not qualified right. to see the next movie. And they get my money. I watch them all. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But, I just don't enjoy them as much I'm, anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I don't get enthusiastic about it. Anyway, Maraduena, who yeah. uh, stars in A Blue Beetle, says he hopes to have an opportunity to reunite with his Cobra Kai cast members in 30 years, just as the <laughs> elders of his series did. Uh, if you don't know, that show, of course, brought Ralph Macchio and William Zepka back after they appeared opposite one another in 1984's wildly popular Karate Kid. And that article <laughs> is from when they were
0: shooting season six. Uh, right. And that... <laughs> That would be like, here we are. Hey, we're in the midst of recording a podcast. Let's plan a thirty-year reunion podcast. Well, wait, this one's still going on. Could we think about the current yeah. one a little bit first?
1: Get your head in the game, Madaglia.
0: <laughs> Listen, Blue Beetle, big shot. You need to pay attention right. to season six, voiced. Take that costume off. It says that has nothing to do with this show.
1: <laughs> maraduena who was 16 when cobra kai began said i really grew up with everyone mm-hmm. on the show just as those high school years are important for kids okay. those senior years i was spending with these guys so i just hope to mm-hmm. get to work with them again i can't help but feel like the party is ending
3: yeah mm. so it speaks to his uh fondness and attachment to the process and yeah, yeah hoping it could come around again i think and, that's cool and having mm-hmm. work also i'm
0: sure
3: (laughs) well that's so nice bills
0: (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah you're right i forgot about i sometimes reflect on this but working in theater it was like like every six eight ten weeks you get you're in a new show and Mm -hmm. or at least that one wraps up and you spent you know whatever it's six eight weeks with this group of people really close hours 10 hour days and then you may not see them again it does I've been in shows before where, I, you know, you change phone, exchange phone numbers and
2: yes. uh, we're always
1: going to be friends and never lose touch. And then and you don't <laughs> yep. want it to end. And then it kind of fades and you're
3: fine. But there's all those gestures towards it. It's just yeah. part of the separation mm-hmm. process. Part yeah. of the closure is <gasps> we don't and want then, it to end. Will's explaining
0: <laughs> the equivalent of... <laughs> Stay cool that you're right in the back of every single yearbook. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Book. Yes. Don't your stop book. being yes.
0: sweet. Stay cool. Friends it forever. you are like, who is this? <laughs> who who wrote my book? It's got,
1: you know, it's yeah. different nowadays, right? Whether it's a, uh, like I'm saying, talking about working on a show or, or like graduating from a school. Now mm-hmm. you just put each other in your phones and, or Facebook, what are you on Facebook? Boom. You're connected for as long as that person can maintains that account.
0: mm. It's gotta yep. be a different trippy experience. For better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess we don't know. I yet. wonder if kids still write in the, in, in your books. Cause that was a big deal. Like the week after you get your books, mm. no one's focusing yeah. oh, on finals. Yeah. You're just passing yeah. books around no. in class. This page mm-hmm. is reserved for my sweetheart, right? You, whatever you do, yeah. <laughs> but now it's just like, nah, text me.
3: And uh, yeah, part of that is like the, you know, the whole what Snapchat culture, the TikTok, everything's mm-hmm. just moving real fast, moving real fast. And, and it, th- there's no, um, sustainment of, uh, of contact or yep. attention. I wonder if yeah. there's No focus. Certainly. It's just, too. you're always
0: yeah. bombarded with everybody instead of like, let's talk to you now. You can't do that.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> uh, friends are like Marvel movies. Yes. There's just too many of
0: them. I can't possibly keep There's so many friends. I feel like I'm missing out. And
1: this one's got a whole series of life. And I feel like if I pay attention to their life, I won't, if
0: I don't, I won't know what else.
1: Happened in their life. I can't go to
0: Becky's wedding because I miss Melissa's right. wedding and I don't know what's going Aww. on and who's mad at who. I'll oh, no. mm-hmm. be so behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it seems
1: like. uh, the upcoming sixth season of Cobra Kai, however, will be its last. Now, a release ah. date has yet to be announced and may not be revealed soon because on May 2nd, the strike that we keep talking about began. <laughs> yeah. and Cobra Kai joined their guild members.
2: Mm. Uh, At that time,
1: showrunner John Hurwitz uh, posted on social media, we hate to strike, but if we must, we strike hard. Mm. He didn't say strike first. He didn't say strike first. He
3: just said strike hard. Okay, well, because they weren't first, right? No, they they wouldn't (laughs) do that. That'd be dumb. They just have to strike. Hey, everything's fine. (laughs) Let's
2: just strike just to get there first. (laughs) Uh,
1: Pencils down in the Cobra Kai writer's room. No writers on set, end quote. So they kicked the writers out, at least initially, uh, mm-hmm. It's unclear what was accomplished without writers before the sag after, and SAG after joined the strike because now they're, the actors are also on strike. Right. But yeah. production had only begun days earlier on April 28th. Really? So th- th- nothing's really in the can yet for yeah. Cobra Kai.
3: Wow.
1: So oh. we don't know when we'll see that. Folks are, you know, guesstimating that it, it won't be at least until maybe end of 2024. Sure, yeah. yeah. But that still requires the strike comes to an end,
0: which there's no end in sight right now. That's right. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Like people probably making plans that they have to keep pushing back the calendar. Like let's move that to Mm -hmm. Q2, Q3, Q1 or the following year until, yeah, it's crazy.
1: Regarding a possible Cobra Kai reunion, Maraduena said, I just hope that we get to reunite in 30 years and do, you know, Cobra Kai V2 or whatever that looks like. (laughs) Now I'm going to tell you, Jolo, what that's going to look like. By then mother nature will have, Swept the legs of Johnny Daniel and the other uh, older actors from the original films. You may even need to get him a body bag for at least
2: one or two
3: actors.
1: Oh, no. Oh. Oh. Those oh. dudes are going to be in their 90s.
3: Yes. Yes, they
1: are. We're not going to oh. be that far behind. Mm. <laughs> and you guys are still expected to show up to this podcast in 30 years. We don't need a
0: reunion. We're not stopping. No reunions. <laughs> what will this show look like in 30 years? What will it be? <laughs> Okay, now let's act it out. Another 19. What? Another 19. What did she say? Did she, what was, what were, did you, y'all shut up in there. (laughs) Sorry, it's my damn grandkids being a little bastard <laughs> he doesn't have any grandkids
3: i'll just keep excusing myself to you go use the bathroom or
0: something cat you'll be wearing diapers what are you talking about that old lady under the cabinet the will be long God. gone by then
3: i'll be the old lady in the cabinet. <laughs> you will be the old lady
0: under the cabinet. A microphone we under there. these days uh, <laughs> under the cabinet. did you just predict cat's demise you didn't not predict it no, this well, is getting that. dark yeah it's getting dark it's, hey, oh, as report, we to switch stories. Hey, another 19.
1: And finally, <laughs> this is the last story. As reported by Uproxx, up. Emilio Estevez has ideas for three more Young Guns movies. Hmm. Uh huh. If you recall, we talked about this too, I'm pretty sure. He caused a, quite a, a stir a couple of years ago, m- mentioning that a third gun, third Young Guns movie was in the works. Oh, I remember. When we did our long list of all these things that we were told were coming, mm-hmm. 80s projects, yep. and checked on the status, that's yeah. when we mentioned
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, now this uh, film is titled instead of Young Guns Three Guns Three. Oh, that and <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Is it? Because okay. they're all too old now. Yes, yes. <laughs> I liked it better when you, you were using the word young. About so no, you that's away exactly that. right.
0: <laughs> Middle age Guns Three, <laughs> geriatric Guns Four. Yes. That's, the
1: best, so, that's the best. Said, of course, I'm not getting any younger, so we dropped the young from the title. <laughs>
0: You could still have young guns. I mean, you know, they're brand new. (laughs) I just got this gun. (laughs) Grandpa! Put that down! Did that go off or my hip just snapped? I heard a pop. You shot yourself in the hip. Luckily, I can't feel my feet, so if I shoot myself in the toe, I won't know.
1: He still thinks he has his feet. (laughs) Uh, Since we heard this tease a couple of years ago, however, we haven't heard anything regarding the possibility of continuing this uh, Western series that uh, first began in 1988. Are you guys fans of those films? It was 88 one. There was the other ones was in uh, 90, I think, or 92, mm-hmm. 90. I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: they're they're not. I, I know people for whom they are the tops. Uh, I oh, love yeah. Westerns in Ooh. general, but they're, they're fine. Okay, They're fine. Me too. Yeah.
3: I was trying to remember if I ever saw the first one. Cowboys,
0: guns, you know, horses. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. I was going to say maybe we need a, a list of what Cat has seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i guessing it's shorter it's than shorter? a watch list. <laughs> and maybe we can work in references to those things. I want to, you know, John, you say you're a fan of Westerns. I'm a big fan of Westerns too. And mm-hmm. I know people who say, I love Westerns too. Young guns. Now this is that kind of thing where I shit on someone or someone come oh. like gatekeeping. And yeah. I'm not.
2: Right. I'm just, I just say, I say to it. these
1: people, I don't know that that's really a Western in the sense that
0: there's something yeah. pop-cultury or contemporary. It very much, it. yes. It's okay. very. It's like it's like pop rock versus rock. You know, it's yeah. it's it's okay. like okay, that that that's yeah, yeah, that yeah. Is music. It's not rock music. Rock music is rock music. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole run of those kind of uh, pop-cultury laced westerns in the late '80s, early '90s, like that. Okay. And then you get things like Unforgiven, which is a by mm-hmm. God western. Ninety-two. You know, yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you got the, uh, yeah. The the grandfather of the modern Western, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Right. I think he directed (laughs) that too, didn't he? Don't get me started on Unforgiven. How I love that movie. Oh my God. Anyway, yes. Should
3: I add that to my watch list? (laughs) A
1: hundred percent.
0: Move it to the top. Yes. (laughs) If
1: you don't like Westerns, I I guess if you don't like Westerns, you won't care for it. I
0: don't
3: know. I like all kinds of things. Well, Kath, have you watched
0: any Clint Eastwood Westerns? Prior to Unforgiven. Older films. Spaghetti Westerns. You I'm know. sure I've
3: seen. I don't know if it's something that I like. Okay, I'm going to watch this well, here, now. I'm sure it was playing somewhere and somehow I witnessed it. Well,
0: here's the thing about Unforgiven that Will will edit out. And that is that if you enjoyed anything that Clint Eastwood did in his career as a Western okay. actor, they're not all connected in a cinematic universe, but yeah but yeah that is but unforgiven (laughs) is basically if you mix up all of his younger roles in a pot and go okay here's here's his here who he Uh, was as in westerns and it's him Uh as an older man paying for the deeds he has done and recompense for those things and uh it's it's just so good it's the same reason i like sequels that show these actors when they're older. That was one of the right. first ones I saw do that where it wasn't really a sequel to anything other than a sequel to his career. Sure. And it was just him as an old man paying for his past crimes, trying to live a honest life now. And it's not working out. Things coming back to bite him. It's mm-hmm. great. Okay. That's the end of my unforgiven rant. It's amazing. And
1: to that point though, John, maybe she should watch all of the man, you know, man with no name trilogy. Sure. Sure. Before, or at least one okay. of them, but the at trilogy, least one, certainly. at least
0: one, yeah, yeah. to see the, the those tone. are all good.
3: I think. Yeah. I like, Give me a name.
1: If you have to pick
0: one, uh-huh. I guess a good, like a, bad, and the ugly would be good. The, the bad and the ugly, maybe. I've
3: yeah. certainly heard of that. All right, back to the show. Um, <laughs> away from my watch list.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> with regard to when we could see these, Estevez told UpRocks that he's ready to go as soon as some IP issues are earned, uh, ironed out, and he has oh. uh, ideas for not for one, but three or more sequels. He wow. said, we have a terrific draft and we can figure out the copyrights on all of this. And if Morgan Creek can sort of untangle from some of the issues that they've got in terms of continuing the franchise, we're ready to go. So it's a question
0: of when. And the answer is never.
1: Yeah, I don't know what we're <laughs> going to
2: see these.
0: It's
1: just another
2: case of an
0: actor trying to make work for himself. You know, it's like, I have a great idea for three more movies. To, yeah.
3: That should pay to for my in. boat. Right. right. Yes. You know, like,
1: <laughs> I'm not sure to whom these would appeal. Like John said, I know some folks too who are crazy about Young Guns. Mm-hmm. That those yeah. are their westerns. Mm-hmm. You know, they hit, hit them at a certain age, like middle mm-hmm. teens or something. When they saw them, it was like, oh, this is. F-. And it had the brat pack in it, you know, to some extent. Right, some combination mm-hmm. of them. Tom Cruise dies in one of them. in a Cameo, you don't even recognize him.
3: Oh, good. I'll watch that.
1: Oh, because you want to see him get killed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, yes, but yes, and, <laughs> but <laughs> wait to hear what he's pitching here. I, I, I don't know that those fans are even going to get get together mm-hmm. for this. Mm-mm. Regarding the story for the potential upcoming film, Estevas pointed to the tale of Brushy Bill Roberts, which Estevas indicated now has strong evidence to prove this, that story is more than just an urban legend. Now, sure, you're saying who, mm. especially Kat, because you didn't see Young Guns 2, which they <laughs> have this Brushy uh, Bill Roberts character in there. But okay, taking a step back, according to actual history, you know, we're going to talk about <laughs> bullshit history in a moment here, <laughs> yeah. but this is, this is one right here. But actual history is... The outlaw uh, known as Billy the Kid, who was Henry McCarty or William Bonney or some, you know. Mm -hmm. One of those people. Was gunned down at 21 years of age by Sheriff Pat Garrett in uh, 1881. And he was buried Mm -hmm. uh, in Fort Sumner Cemetery in New Mexico. Okay. In 1948, however, and this little part is kind of put in Young Guns too. Mm -hmm. A paralegal named William Morrison was investigating a man named Joe Hines. Who had survived the Lincoln County War, uh, the feud that helped make Billy the Kid infamous? And Hines told this uh, paralegal a whopper of a tale: Billy the Kid was not killed in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. No, he's alive. Now again, this is in 1948. He's alive and well, and living in a town called I'm going to say Hico, Hico? <laughs> Hico. Yeah. I mean, you can't know. How do you I, spell it? It's and it's in Texas, so it could probably be Hico, but. Where I live, they anglicize every, <laughs> right. uh, you know, foreign yes. name. So, Hiko in Hamilton County, Texas, as and he's living as someone named Ollie Brushy Bill Roberts. Oh, so this uh, paralegal then approaches Roberts, who maybe sensing that he's going to die soon, his life is nearing the end. He asks him if he could help. if This paralegal can help Roberts get a pardon. Because he had been promised one by the then New Mexico Governor Lou Wallace back in 1879. And he confesses to him that, in fact, I am not Brushy Bill Roberts. I am actually the outlaw known as Billy the Kid.
2: Hmm. Now,
1: in history, in November of 1950, Morrison actually files a, pe- a petition on behalf of Brushy Bill. And it's, you know, it's dismissed. He does not get the party he wants and Brushy Bill dies a short time later. Oh. Mm-hmm. But folks still debate whether or not Brushy Bill was in fact Billy the Kid. So per <laughs> Estevez, now back to this, he says that story has new evidence coming to light where some oh. photos are coming out where a face expert has looked at some confirmed photos of Billy the Kid from the 1800s and compared mm-hmm. to some later photos of this Brushy Bill and said, yeah, they are definitely the same person. Wow. And he wants to make a film. He says that's like Zelig or Forrest Gump because uh-huh. this uh, Brushy Bill Roberts fought along Pancho Villa. He uh, he was with Teddy Roosevelt at the Battle of San Juan. Oh. He's been all over. And right. so he thinks that he could have four, three, four, five films that cover these different eras of him mm-hmm. interacting with different historical figures.
0: Yeah. Well, that that's one film. Forrest Gump wasn't a five-film epic where he went to different periods of time. It yeah, was, exactly. The fun right. was following him through time. But either way- if it were done as a true Western, I think I could be interested, but how is this a young guns follow-up? Is it? It's just because just- it would be the, his mm-hmm. Billy the Kid character. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but you can't like, look, okay, let's see him uh, in the Mexican revolution. Let's see, him, you know, with Teddy Roosevelt, that still has that mm-hmm. sort of romantic era of a Western kind of feel. Yes. But the yes. further you move along to the 1950s when this guy mm-hmm. dies. Right. Yeah. What is that? That's not a Western. I don't know
0: what that right. is. There's Billy the Kid <laughs> going to an Elvis concert. <laughs> it's, it's Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> so uh,
1: now, in Young Guns oh. 2, uh, Emilio Estevez was made up in, uh, to look like an old person to play the Brushy Bill parts of the film. Mm-hmm. The movie oh, okay. itself is a flashback where Brushy Bill is telling this, uh, yep. attorney, he's an attorney in the movie, the story okay. to prove that he's Billy the Kid. Um, he says that this time, however, instead of him donning old age makeup, first of all, the guy's in his 60s, but he st- instead suggests- <laughs> To play the older Bill, he says, quote, we'll hand it off to Martin to play him. I don't have to wear all that makeup
0: again. Martin, of course, (laughs) his father, Martin Sheen. Already good and old, needing no makeup.
1: Hey, Dad, you're old. What? (laughs) Put that down. (laughs) Hey. All right, hey, let's get out of this news and talk about some even crazier stories. Hey, our independent podcast is brought to you every week by folks just like you. So if you'd like to help us out, please Follow us on the podcast platform you're listening to right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share an episode on Facebook. All of these actions just take a moment and are 100% free. But if you'd like to chuck in a buck and help us keep publishing the show week after week, please visit us at 1980snow.com support to find out how you can send us a dollar or two. And thank you so much. It means a lot. Okay. All right, so look, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about uh, (laughs) urban legends today, which... Urban legends today, we really are known as conspiracy theories, I suppose.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, They're slightly different. I mean, they're both rumored stuff. But a conspiracy theory is like a bunch of people conspired to do something and they kept it a secret where an urban legend might just be a thing that happened or you believe in. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're
0: both factually dubious. Yes. You know what, John? You're
1: right. I agree with you. You're right. I think that nuanced definition is probably more how people think about it. I don't know that we hear the word urban legend anymore. But you know, there's mm. probably some other way we talk about stuff that's not necessarily, you know, the shadow government uh, getting together to fight yes, aliens or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. But what drives me crazy is I often hear folks on social media who are expounding—is that the word—expounding yes. some kind of uh, belief. They're saying it as if it's fact, and they use the word conspiracy theory not as you know a term to mean this is some kind of wild, probably bullshit thing, as in <laughs> you know it's more, it's true. <laughs> as I don't know, coming up, I thought conspiracy theories were a stuff equal to urban legends in the sense that, like you said, John, it's dubious. Mm-hmm.
0: Pretty well far-fetched. Conspiracy theory these days is almost, it's like a shield for facts. Because if there's nothing to support it, you can just say, well, there's a conspiracy theory keeping you from the facts. <laughs> Therefore, like it so must far. be true. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't work so hard to keep the information from you. Or oh, there's the simpler solution, gosh. which is it's bullshit. And maybe that's why there yeah. are no facts to support it. Right. Right. Kind of in that vein, I can see how they could be. It's urban legend D. It's just, it's an intentional urban legend that someone is espousing.
1: Uh. Look, I, I hear people say, <laughs> oh, I heard this conspiracy theory that, and whatever <sighs> they say is complete, utter bullshit and nonsense. Right. mm mm-hmm. I would think Mm -hmm. as soon as they said the word conspiracy theory, they would realize themselves, wait a second, what am I saying? Like, Yeah, why? But yeah, for them, it comes with all that stuff that you're saying, Jan. All this justification for the fact that I can't prove this bullshit. All right, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm going to give you. So we're going to go through a few of these. And we're just going to, I'm going to tell you the urban legend. You tell me whether or not you think it's true or not. And then I will tell you. uh, And you may be familiar with some of these. That's part of it, too. (laughs) And then Will
0: will tell us if we're correct. (laughs) He's got all the right answers. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. That's actually true. There is a lot of Monster. Sorry. Now, just so folks get
1: on the same page here, and this is one actually that is loosely tied to the 1980s. It's certainly tied to our youth. You may recall, and you tell me if you've heard these. I guess that's the first sort of mm-hmm. threshold thing. Have you heard this one? Okay. The urban legend that uh, as Dorothy, regarding the Wizard of Oz, 1939, is wonderful, amazing film. The special effects still hold up. It's really crazy, but they accomplished back then, uh, almost a hundred years ago now. Uh, yeah. That as Dorothy the Scarecrow and the Tin Man head down the Olympic road, you see a mysterious figure dangling from a rope in the background. And for years, it was believed that a love-lorn Munchkin had hanged himself (laughs) while the cameras were rolling during production, unbeknownst to the director, various stagehands, and the actors on screen. Have you guys heard this one? Um, Definitely. No. (laughs) No?
0: Yeah. (laughs)
3: Really? Oh, that. yeah.
0: Yeah. True or false? Well, false. Why do you think false?
3: I'm using my gut. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just sounds so far-fetched. Like, I... I, yeah, I it's it's,
2: it's, yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> no. Yeah, what it's garbage. Yeah. It's been disproving.
1: crazy uh, okay. to me, though, is the explanation that we were given as the truth of this. Is
0: it the one about the goose or something? Yes, yes. Okay, all right. I rem- the, the explanation, I still think well, it's BS, but the explanation yeah. does not make any sense. I think this
1: answer is bullshit too. So I, think that, I think it's a conspiracy to cover up yeah. the truth. Okay. And maybe it wasn't a munchkin, it was a flying monkey that hung himself and that's how they're trying to split hairs. But what's actually moving in the background is actually a large exotic bird on loan from the Los Angeles Zoo. So apparently they had animals that they borrowed from the zoo to populate the, you know, the the forest there on the set. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Um, but uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: what's interesting is that it seems that this urban legend actually began in the 1980s when the video, when the movie was released on VHS. Oh. And has since persisted over the decades until the most recent Blu-ray edition uh-huh. of the American classic reveals that the myth is false. So now it's clear yeah. enough. You could tell it's not, at least it's not a munchkin that's, you mm-hmm. know, literally jumps yeah. to his demise right there while they're filming. Ooh. Right. Um, man. But yeah, the quality, you've got to think about it. The only chance we got to see Wizard of Oz where we lived growing up was Thanksgiving. They would show it on TV. Mm-hmm. Right. here. Right. At, and uh, March of the Wooden Soldiers. Right. It wasn't until we got it on tape, but now we could pause it and look. And the quality obviously is not
0: what it is today. And you think about watching it on TV broadcast. So there's snow yeah. and NTSC yeah. television is only like what 525 scan lines. And that's not even the full height of mm. the screen. So maybe you have what effectively would be like 100 pixels. I wouldn't even download a picture that was 100 pixels tall off the internet these days because it's too fuzzy. But people were using that as evidence, like, oh, I can tell what it is. You are seeing pixel art. It's what you're looking at and interpreting what it might have been. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know about you, but I am so turned on right now about how quickly John was able to do that math and break down 500 lines of image that to 100 pixels.
0: I mean,
3: astonishing. It's,
0: it's pretty hot. Oh, yeah.
3: Jeez, that's insane. Yeah. I see a uh, new OnlyFans channel right. Broadcast
0: Bolero already started. Mm. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> hey, uh, here's another one for you.
1: Uh, this <laughs> urban legend is three men and a baby's ghost. Of course I'm talking oh. about the film with the similar name from 1987. Here's the urban legend and before I even say you may know. You may know it already, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. I that don't After think the movie was released ahead. on VHS uh, in 1990. Mm-hmm. The legend emerged because about an hour into the movie, Jack Holden, who's played by Ted Danson, and his mother plays by uh, Celeste Holm, are walking Celeste
3: through- Holm. I know her. I talk- spoke with her on the phone. <laughs> I got to Buzz Cat. That's amazing. Well, yeah. I w- well, I shouldn't say I know her, but yeah, she um, called in one him. day. Played him backwards. I don't yeah. She wasn't my close personal friend, but I got no. to, ins- I ruined her day is what I did. Well,
0: congratulations. Because <laughs> I didn't know who she was. Oh, that's what it
3: was. She called wanting to talk to the president of the university where I was working. Oh. And because he he was important, he was a former governor of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And right. and I answered the riffraff line. That was one oh. of my jobs.
1: Was
2: to, you know, Kat's job was the being calls. the phone bee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, John- uh, and
1: Cat is uh, Facebook friends with this uh, former governor of New Jersey, though. So, <laughs> so you get it back again. <laughs> so this character, so Celestone plays the mother to Ted and As the two are walking through Jack's house mm-hmm. uh, with his new, newly found baby girl, in the background yeah. you see a mysterious mm. figure behind the curtains of one of the
2: rooms.
1: And the urban legend is that this figure was the ghost of a boy who used to live in the house where the with three men and a baby was filmed. The boy, the myth continued, had committed suicide with a shotgun, which is why the house was vacant for the movie shoot.
3: Oh, boy. So much crap. I don't want to believe it's true. That's disturbing. It's just garbage. (laughs) Do you know the truth of this one, John?
0: I think so. And I also know why people wanted to believe it and why they were misinformed or oh, okay. misled to believe it. So yeah. it was actually, I believe a cardboard cutout of, um, uh, what's his name from, uh, cheers Ted Danson in like a tuxedo, <laughs> but it was, st- it was like stood up the other side of a window. So the many things that this breaks down with, the first problem is I think that shot was not in a house. It was on a soundstage. That's
2: right. Oh, so okay. the kid didn't
0: die in the sound stage. Well, maybe not that kid. Some other kid might have. I don't know. But <laughs> know. and then the oh, other yeah. problem is, like, people don't understand how movies are shot because they're like, "Well, we just saw that spot. There was no kid there. And then when it panned over, we did see it. <laughs> oh, that- what about cuts? What about production? <laughs> That's, you understand how movies are made? Of course, these <laughs> things change between shots. But yep. so uh-huh. people think, "Oh, look, it appeared magically behind there." And it. it it does. Yep. It's it's whizzes by and you're kinda go, oh, what did I see there if you're paying attention? But again, with the advent of four K and high def, it's just a stand up of Ted Danson. So Yeah.
3: Yeah, you know Wow. That. Yeah,
1: and the stand up of Ted Danson is actually from a deleted scene. So Ted Danson's character ah, in the film okay. plays I, I, an actor and the cutout of him is to promote a film that he's in. To okay. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> there. You enhanced my knowledge. Thank you.
2: Yeah.
1: Hey, tell me if you've ever heard
0: this one,
1: Mm. Atuk. Mm. All right. Well, here, here's the urban legend. So in 1971, legendary producer Norman Jewison purchased the rights to adapt the incomparable Atuk, which is a satirical novel by Canadian author Mordecai Rickler.
0: (laughs) I think you're just making up all these names now. A Took by Mordecai Reckler, directed by... Consonants and vowels. I
1: can't pronounce this one, no vowels, right? Let's be Swedish. Uh, But the legend is that the film itself is cursed Uh and has led to the deaths of anyone who is cast to star in it and therefore has prevented it from ever being made.
0: You guys aren't familiar with this one? No. Mm. I'm, I'm, again, I'm still not convinced yeah. any of it's real. <laughs> At yeah. all. Not, not the myth. <laughs> it, <laughs> the
3: actual
0: it, the premise.
2: Any of it. Well, yeah.
3: Any aspect of it. So, so do you know anything about a
0: took? Well, what is a took? Do you have any idea? What's this novel?
1: It I don't
3: sounds know. like an Eskimo yes. word. It's about a
1: native <laughs> Canadian journeying from one place to another. I don't remember. Okay. okay. All, right. Exactly. all right. But uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of a mix of truth and uh, legend to this because it's true that Jewish and uh, bought the writes the book, and he planned Mm -hmm. to shoot it first in Canada Hmm. after he made uh, Jesus Christ a superstar. At that time, John Belushi was the first to read the role of Atouk beginning in uh, in the beginning of 1982. He immediately expressed interest in the project and was set to play the character on screen when only months later, on March 5th, he was found dead at the Chateau Marmont in Hollywood.
0: That was literally the first firing synapse of this entire story. I vaguely okay. now remember that name in association with Belushi yep. because it was yep. so close okay. to around the time of his death. Maybe so. Yep. So now I'm not calling shenanigans on the whole story, but <laughs> yeah.
1: And again, there's some elements, look, some elements of truth. I'll tell you what the facts are, whether yeah. it's, you, you know, people, you can see why people drew, drew this sort of fantastical conclusion. I took because the story doesn't end. The, it took, A took next began production in Toronto in February of 1988. The production mm-hmm. halted after just eight days. At that time, Sam Kinison was attached to the film. Ooh. Uh, 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 he cool said man. that his, his manager had promised him creative control without mm-hmm. clearing it with the studio. So when Kinnison attempted to rewrite the script, Abbott said the studio tried to accommodate him, but Kinnison grew difficult uh, uh. and the film came to an end. Uh, mm-hmm. Abbott and Kinnison later severed their relationship. Um, and United Artists filed a lawsuit against uh, Kinnison in February of 1988, just shortly after the, this uh, whole uh, you know tumult took place, mm-hmm. saying that Kinnison was uh, intentionally giving a substandard performance, so it looked like he was trying to get out of the deals. What the?
3: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Of course, Kinnison died four years later in a car accident in 1992 mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. age of 38. Subsequent actors Shame. to take interest in the role include John Candy in 1994, oh. was interested. Mm-hmm. In wow. Chris Farley.
3: Oh my gosh. of He
1: died before the film could be made. To date, right. no one has ever
0: uh, made it. So, watch out, Tubby comedians. Got <laughs> death wish. Let's right? see, who's got to be on the watch list there? Or, you know, let's not say, no, don't, don't, don't,
1: don't
2: say. Oh, no, Sorry, definitely. Josh Gad. No.
0: I just That's your said, oh. Jack Black. <laughs> oh no, Jack Black, no. <laughs> you guys are terrible. terrible. Oh, so no. I can see why this would be an urban legend because people associated with it have yep. spectacularly mm-hmm. and gloriously publicly died. Shortly after being associated with it, but like even noted, Kinnison mm-hmm. died. What like six years after the fact? Like four it'd been a couple years after years. It was a lawsuit. They died four years later, or whatever. So yep. he didn't die because of his association with that. He was long
1: past it. it yeah, so. that there was. But more. I
0: get why you would.
1: Yeah, the curse may take time to get around to the mm. yeah, curse mm-hmm. headquarters. They're like, who who was it that we was supposed to? Uh, who was
0: last attached to it? Uh, let me see here. I lost track of the Did nobody kill Sam Kinnison yet? Would you <laughs> Oh shit! It's been four years. My urban legend is crumbling around. Me. get on that.
1: This is a conspiracy theory about urban legends, how they're made. Oh yeah. I like it. People that do the things to really create the Mm -hmm. scenarios that will create the meat Mm -hmm. of the urban legends. All right. Here's another one for you. Mm -hmm. Jessica rabbit goes basic instinct and who, in who framed Roger rabbit. Oh my gosh. 1988. Kat, do you know what I'm going to say? What the legend
3: is? I know there's a bell ringing in my head, but I couldn't tell you what it is, but it sounds familiar. Something's ringing
1: in my head too. Tossing it out, tossing it out. <laughs> oh, I was hoping no. cat, was cat was like this. Somewhere there's, uh, and all these words came to my mind. She says something ringing in her head. I'm thinking she's going to tell yeah. me what she's mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. to say.
0: Okay, yeah. here we go. I was very disappointed. I thought it was going to yeah, be much too. juicier. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to put on TikTok. You have to pause it to then see the word that you said. Would you put a word on the screen. <laughs>
0: Whatever. I don't, no one knows what we're talking
1: about. Hey, since the this I is mean, the urban legend. Not though. even me. Since the release <laughs> since the release of Who Framed Roger Rabbit in nineteen eighty eight, Jessica Rabbit has become one of the most iconic symbols of female sensuality in cinema. Mm-hmm. Mostly to
0: creeps and weirdos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know it's not her fault. No,
3: why not? She's just drawn that way. Oh, <laughs> right. okay, yeah. okay. That was one of my favorite movies. Have you seen out. that movie, Cat? I- Oh yeah, okay. multiple okay. sure. Right, we got one.
1: We got one. Right, we got one. Oh. <laughs> right, just down on the list. Yeah, she's a mm-hmm. hot cartoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. do I spend a lot of time looking at her on the internet or anything? No. Yes, I mean no. <laughs> I guarantee there's people that do. There's people that Oh yeah, oh yeah. But mm-hmm. anyway, because of this, maybe that's the the, the reason that this popular urban myth ha- emerged of an R-rated scene that features midway through the film. Mm-hmm. According mm. to the legend, there's a shot of Jessica's uh, mm. fur mm. as she crashes out of the cab she's been riding with Bob Hoskins and mm-hmm. Valiant.
3: So we're supposed to guess if oh, yeah, do you, you think
1: it's true or not? Now true. we ha- there have been actual so- times in the past predating this where people have inserted like pornographic images in other films. Mm-hmm. So shown mm-hmm. in the theater, you'd get that just for a frame. <laughs> yeah, I was right. just
3: going to say it wouldn't surprise me okay. because that mm-hmm. has been done. Of course, you know, somebody mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I'm just going to yeah. put this little whatever in mm-hmm. there, like sort mm-hmm. of an Easter egg. <laughs> so <laughs> sort of I've not. definitely
0: heard this, yeah. but like mm-hmm. I think it's both true and false. And let me tell you why I think that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that it's incredibly unlikely that even a frame of that made it into a film that Disney approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However... <laughs> Good point. I Good also, point. I know how lecherous animators are. And I'm certain there is mm. a version that did not make the film that <laughs> exists. Animators? That someone certainly, oh, animators, absolutely. Yeah. Look, they can make anything <laughs> they want. So they they to make each other laugh. Okay. They do crazy things with their characters mm-hmm. just for each other. Sure. So I got to believe okay. there's at least yeah. some imagery that's done that could imply that these images exist. Maybe it came from the movie. So I don't think mm-hmm, it's really in the mm-hmm. movie, but I, I, right. I believe that it could exist somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's not, oh. it's not in the film. You're right. It's not. So here's the truth. All right. As mm. she's thrown from the car, Jessica's legs open to reveal more than Mrs. Rabbit would probably prefer the public to see. <laughs> but... The most we're actually seeing is her underwear. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of
3: yeah. okay.
1: Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's nothing mm-hmm. compared. John hit upon this. It's nothing compared to an actual deleted scene from Roger Rabbit, in which the cigar smoking baby. Remember that character? who's <gasps> like mm-hmm. he's oh, kind yes. of like a baby Finster. He's like yes. an adult, but looks like a baby playing a mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. baby Herman. He can see <laughs> be seen peeking under a woman's skirt. I think the woman that cares for him. And he's oh, looking yeah. up and like poking around with his cigar as he walks under <laughs> saying something about something. They cut that scene out.
2: Mm, yeah, I wonder why. The best. I <laughs> Ooh, yeah. All
1: right. Here's a really dark one for you here. Okay. really like dark, huh? I have never heard about, heard of this film cat. So I'm going to put this, I'm not going to put it on my watch list though. Um, <laughs> But I want to tell you about Guinea Pig 2, Flower of Flesh and Blood, which is a
0: 1985 oh, film. Hold on. Wow. Hold on. I mean, are you telling me there's, there's a, a Guinea sequel? Pig 1? And and it was of such yeah. caliber that it warranted yeah. a Guinea Pig 2. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, mm-hmm. I guess I just so. want to clarify.
1: Carry on. Mm-hmm. So in this uh, in this 1985 <laughs> film, which again, we're not of us are familiar with. It shows, and again, this is dark. It shows okay. a modern day samurai. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna wipe the smile off the Cat's face. A modern day samurai methodically torture, kill, and dismember a young woman. Oh no! Mm.
3: <laughs> you see the change?
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a comedy. So it shows that in his secret le- So the, the urban legend is that what you see happen in the film is real. In mm. fact, in 1991. Mm. After Charlie Sheen received a copy of the 1985 film, he was so convinced that what he watched was actual footage of a murder, he reported mm-hmm. it to the FBI. Oh, my. And the feds okay. confiscated Sheen's copy of the film and launched a full inquiry into the production and distribution. Wow. That's the legend. What do you think?
0: Okay. So like a, a snuff film, effectively, is what we're alleging here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I really don't want to believe that this I is mean, true. Of course. Uh, I mean, I don't have no. any
0: basis to some one way or the other. I would like to believe in, I would like to believe that someone was such a good special effects yeah. and editing person Whoa. that they he made is? it just absolutely visceral no. and crazy because stuff. who in their right mind would do that and then publish it. I, I, it's, yeah. 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 I hope not.
1: Uh, <sighs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I don't even feel uh. quite playing this, but yeah, you're right. Seems like too happy and upbeat to play that sound. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, it turns out that the film was written and directed Uh-oh. by Hideshi Hino, who uh, based on his okay. own manga comics. But okay. it was okay. only after investigators had spoken with those involved uh, in the film and viewed behind the scenes footage mm-hmm. revealing the special effects <laughs> right. uh, that the
0: investigation was dropped.
1: So, okay. yeah, yeah. So what year to was point, this? John, it was
0: convincing. 85. Eighty-five. Well, I yeah. mean, special effects were. I mean, we had the thing, right? We had yeah, alien. Rob we, had, we had Robo here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. We had yeah. gruesome stuff. I guess I don't know. Maybe like yeah. the the quality of the effects were too good for whatever gerbil hamster two or whatever you said it was called. <laughs>
2: like- yeah.
3: I I just want to say, I John, I thought. We were both just laughing at the ridiculous name, right? Like here, mm-hmm. I was, la- whatever the second part it was, what, what was it? Guinea pig two. What what came after that? The flower of the- Flower of
1: flesh and blood.
3: Flower of flesh and blood. So my brain was just like, how can guinea pig come together with that? I didn't flower even d- yeah. pick up on the number two. I think my brain was like, guinea There's- pig comma two. Also- Listen,
0: like- cat. There's plenty to be incredulous about here. We can share. Split the load.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah.
1: And Japanese manga and anime and films. Yeah. Dark. Their art and pop culture. Oh, my God. It's yeah. it's it's like nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. So bizarre and trippy.
0: Like You don't want to know mm-hmm. what they do with squids. Oh, John. I said you don't want to know. Oh, Now Cat oh. kind of wants to know. Kat, do not <laughs> Google anything oh, about I squids. I don't want to know. No. I don't want to
3: no, do, whatever but, you
0: do, don't search tentacle uh, hentai. Don't do or it. Or hentai generally. Probably. Fair enough. Should
3: I feel bad for Fair the squid? <laughs> <laughs> no animals were really
1: harmed in the making of these. <laughs> in the drawing <laughs> of
0: this frame. Right. But it's still just like. Ugh. Yeah, it's like, how yeah. are you into that?
1: Right, exactly. How like, that... Somebody likes this? <laughs> a lot? In a, like a whole nation? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I could find a less dark one
2: <laughs> <laughs> for next year.
1: They're all dark. I realize they're all dark. All right, I'll good. give you this one. This is a little bit lighter. Into you guys the mouth of madness. One. Here we so go. Let's talk about this. All right, here we go. I want to tell you about the legend of, uh, give it to Mikey. It'll kill him. Oh. oh. So you'll recall, as the tale goes, that Mikey, of life mm-hmm. cereal fame, life. would eat anything, okay. uh, had consumed a combination of pop rocks and soda, which led to an explosion of uh, carbonated gas in his... Uh, Stomach that caused his (laughs) untimely demise. I've definitely heard it. I know nothing
0: about why it's false other than every time somebody mentions it to me, they follow it up immediately with, by the way, that's false. So I'm just going to assume it's (laughs) false, but I don't know details.
3: I read something about this recently. I forget why or how. How did this come in front of me? But it was about the um, pop rocks happening. Somebody discovered, oh, like they were trying for something else and it didn't work, but they realized, oh, hey, this is kind of cool. But then this urban legend came out and people Mm -hmm. were scared off. And so it needed a (laughs) rebranding. Wait a (laughs) second. Are
1: you telling the story that happened in the eighties or are you telling something that
2: happened today?
3: Well, like, like since then, you know, it, it's, it was sort of a right. retrospective on okay. yes. Pop Rocks. Huh.
0: The story you're talking about is that Pop Rocks were trying to create something that would, you could add to water and it would create carbonated soda. That was the idea for Pop Rocks. And it didn't pan out. All right. So, yeah, yeah look, you all, we all touched
1: upon sort of, uh, you know, the origin of Pop Rocks and some mm-hmm. of the actual history that happened. Of course- mm-hmm. It's not really true, but taking a step back, uh, Pop Rocks were invented in 1956 by General Foods, a Mm. researcher, scientist, William Mitchell. Yes. And they were introduced to the public in 1975. Of course, look, it's a combination of carbonated candy, sugar, corn syrup flavoring that releases that small amount of carbonation when they're consumed that, you know, adds that little sizzling effect and uh,
2: that's Mm -hmm. kind of cool and exciting.
1: Now, even though it it was extensively tested at the time and found safe, uh, the candy still alarmed people when it was first released, so much <laughs> right. so that the FDA set up a telephone hotline to ins- to assure anxious parents
0: that the candy <laughs> would not harm their children. Wasn't this on an episode of Celebrating Yesteryear over on Retro um, Days? Yes,
3: and I just confirmed that. Like That's, I just what was th- like, that's, that's where, where I- it.
0: That's where I heard it. I said it. That's why I knew it and in my head it. because I narrated. Oh my it. god! You totally forgot it already. <laughs> yeah, I could, like, look, and, look, I'm like, looking. Look, you got a, a voice lot of stuff talent. going on. I know. It's yeah, yeah. in my eyes, out my face, and then I forget about it. Yes, but <laughs> yes. that's I what the story. Love they it. even sent somebody around the country giving yes. talks at schools, explaining <laughs> how safe it was. Yeah, they sent they sent the inventor <laughs> around the country to
1: to to, to, uh, to explain yeah. that the uh, that the candy that the candy generated. Less gas than half a can mm-hmm. of soda. Than half a can. Uh, soda. They also took yeah. out full-page ads in forty-five major publications. Wrote some fifty thousand right. letters to school principals around the country as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Despite mm-hmm. all these rumors, uh, they still persist today. As to <laughs> Mikey, he is uh, alive and well. John Gilchrist, who who played Mikey, ah, uh, not only he survived, but he thrived. In, in twenty twenty-one, he was uh, he became the director of media sales for MSG Network. Wow, well, oh, way, way to go! go. The Thank company stopped marketing Pop Rocks <laughs> around nineteen eighty-three which mm-hmm. helped fuel this idea that they were killing kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, it, right, yeah. The implication being yeah. that they were pulled from the market because it was deadly. But in mm-hmm, fact, Kraft mm-hmm. had bought the rights uh, to make the product from General Mills, okay. from General Foods, and in 1985, yeah. uh, released them again, this time branded as Action Candy. Mm-hmm. Today, ha, ha, however, ha. you can find a uh, good old
0: Pop Rocks mm-hmm. market under yep. there. Marketed it under there. Mm-hmm. They cut it down to like only three flavors. Initially, there's all kinds of flavors. And yeah, it's, it's all coming back to me now. And it it's gone. Tony will be so happy. He'll be tickled. He's like, oh, you got to come listen to this. <laughs> You're going to have 8,000 downloads on this episode. All right, guys, you found my secret. <laughs> I'm just
1: cribbing <laughs> Retro Day stuff. <laughs> all right, here's another one for you. Regarding the Poltergeist Skeletons. Uh, the f- from the film in 1982. The urban legend being that the skeletons featured in the Poltergeist. You, 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 <laughs> you, you recall the I scene? I saw
3: that. What? I saw Poltergeist. Oh, poltergeist. Okay, hang on, hang
1: on. Let's get this down.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she gets an award just for having seen it? Wow. The bar is so low. Yes. <laughs> I've seen she's seen two films so
2: far. I deserve she,
1: a little,
3: little reward there. A little flourish. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay.
1: Okay, perhaps the most uh, famous quote-unquote cursed movie of all time, the original 1982 mm-hmm. pol- Poltergeist, which if you don't know, but Kat, even Cat knows, so I'm guessing you know, it's about a suburban family who's terrorized by a supernatural presence after yes. they move into this uh, new home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The climax of it includes a scene where uh, the mother, played by Joe Beth Williams, is dragged mm-hmm. into a partially dugout pool. Why was this mm-hmm. partially dugout pool so horrifying? Mm-hmm. Even before anything bad happened, just a muddy, empty <laughs> hole... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> filled with water, it was yeah. terrifying. Ooh, yeah. like a giant grave. Maybe it was, it seemed like grave. <laughs> such like a potential danger, just a little, you know. Not no uh-huh. fence, nothing.
2: Anyway, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. she
1: falls into this, and she winds up being surrounded by skeletons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the big reveal of the film is that the housing development in which they live was unscrupulously built atop of a graveyard. You move the headstones, <laughs> but not the bodies, right? You know, whatever yep. he says. <laughs> anyway, the urban legend is that, uh, so that, that happens in the film. That's not the urban legend. The urban legend mm-hmm. is that the film crew had not only used real skeletons, but had desecrated graves themselves to get them. Oh. And this, of course, resulted in a curse upon the cast and crew, which led to the tragic deaths of some of the actors in the trilogy, including, as you know, young Heather O'Rourke passed mm-hmm. away, who died at 12. Oh. Um, oh. While she was working on Poltergeist 3, wow. Dominique Dunn died tragically. Uh, Murdered by a jealous boyfriend at the age of twenty-two, nice. and so on and so forth. Okay, so look, we know uh, we can dis- dispense with the curse, right. whether they were cursed or not. Yes, is it right. true yes. that they used real
0: skeletons? That's what we all want to know. Oh please, oh please, oh please, oh please, oh please. <laughs> I have heard this for so long, and then I've heard follow-ups that say, yeah. "Well, yeah, because screen caliber." Artificial skeletons are so huh. difficult and expensive that, yes, they went to like a a mortuary oh. or somewhere that like that you could purchase body uh, parts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is true. I want this to be true.
3: I, you sound like you want this to be I true. I believe in my heart that
0: it's true because, <laughs> but I mean, rationally, I don't know, but I want it to be true. So I
1: love this uh. idea of going to a mortuary. They went to
0: a mortuary and
1: purchased them. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, you got any- uh, I need a couple of skeletons. You got, you, you got any ones, anybody who's who's kind of not, not too much meat left on the bones, like me, easy? Kind of like pulled pork,
0: maybe really dried out? <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a mortuary. That's just something I threw out there. It could be one of those body farms where like the FBI puts the bodies out. They could go borrow them. I don't know. Wait, what? I don't know. I want it to be- Are true. you
1: introducing a conspiracy theory in our Urban Legends No.
0: episode. No. You've never heard of a body farm? No. Yes. So the reason that like the FBI and the CIA and forensic scientists know all these stuff about larvae and bot flies and all this stuff is that they take people who donate their body to science and they put them out on this big farm under different conditions. Well, are they under a tarp? Are they buried? Are they open to the air? Are they under a tree or whatever? So they can study how insects develop and, and, and desecrate the body so that when they find real mm-hmm. crime scenes, they can best estimate time of death and all that kind of stuff. Plumbing. So, I, there are corpses laying Listen. around that someone could borrow, hypothetically. I just gotcha. So, Body Farms got to be the name of a horror movie, right? I mean, it's to the name say. of one of my OnlyFans channels.
1: Oh, come on, your fans are your, your fans are sick. <laughs> your 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 OnlyFans should just be a sting operation at this point, or maybe it is. I'm not gonna. Uh, did I blow it? <laughs> All right, Kat, what are your feelings about these being real skeletons or not? John wants them to be.
3: I I don't want them to be. No, no I say no. According (laughs) to Snopes, yeah, they used real skeletons.
2: Yeah! Oh my gosh. Mm -mm,
1: mm -mm,
0: mm -mm. I can die happy.
1: Uh, Special effects makeup artist Craig Reardon said under oath that skeletons (sighs) used for the scene were real. In late 1982, Reardon was deposed as part of a lawsuit filed against Spielberg by writers Paul Clemens and Bennett Michael Yellen. The Mm. duo had claimed that that an Amblin employee acted as a ghostwriter who took portions Ah. of their own script and submitted Mm. them to Poltergeist production (laughs) team as their own ideas. Uh, Clemens and Yellen's suit argued that there were 67 points of similarity between Spielberg's film and their own. Anyway, during this deposition, a reader revealed, Mm -hmm. quote, I acquired a number of actual biological surgical skeletons is what they're called. They're for hanging in classrooms in study. They are actual Mm. skeletons from people. I think the bones are acquired from India. Uh. Anyway, we dressed them so they looked not so like bleached, clean, bolted together skeletons, but instead disintegrating cadavers. And, you know, added a sculpted rubber added sculpted rubber and things to them so they would have kind of a dramatic, leering, spooky aspect and not be
3: dull. And not be dull, like most skeletons, just dull.
1: <laughs> now, Joe Beth Williams, who I mentioned, played the mother in Poltergeist and in, mm-hmm. in yes. the second sequel. I don't, mm-hmm. I think they're in this. Yeah, she's in two, she's not in three. Mm-hmm. Um, said that the use of skeletons created such an unease around pol- the Poltergeist set that it carried over into the making of the sequel, Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. She mm-hmm. added that co-star Will Sampson who was uh was a member of the Muskeg Muskug- Muskegee Muskegee <laughs> Muskegee
3: the Muskegee <G>. Muskegees?
1: <laughs> Muskug- mus- how do you the say the Muscogukies? Musco Muskegee. I thought it was it's not Muskegee the Muskegee Airman. I can't see it. No, it's not no. Muskegee. It's M U S C O G E E Muscogee
3: Muskegee Muskegee uh, Muskegee. I apologize,
1: uh, Nation members. Uh, anyways, mm-hmm. a member of this uh, Muskogee. Creek nation team? that he oh, performed. The an ex- yeah, there you go. Will Sampson, a member of this nation performed an exorcism on the set of the film. Oh. Uh, Samson, who's best uh, known for playing chief in one flew over the cuckoo's nest
0: died mm. in 1987. So that's another casualty of the curse, but the bodies are from mm. India. So why was this yeah. tribal nation doing an exorcism for, he, he was in the film. He mm. was an actor in the film. Yeah. Okay. guys yeah, yeah. too. Okay. Mm -hmm. And
1: they thought that since they used real skeletons.
0: Oh, that it had Mm -hmm. cast this curse or pallor over the whole production in the sequel. Okay. Okay. All right.
3: It wasn't specifically related to their Mm -hmm. origin. Okay. Just uh, general. Just Mm -hmm. get rid of bad juju. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs)
0: if you, if you remember
1: in the sequel, the uh, antagonist uh, in in that film, uh, which was a reverend somebody or other was played by this actor named Julian Beck. Okay. He actually also died eight months before the film was released
3: Oh, hmm. wow. Now, of course, uh-huh. it turns
1: out there's uh, explanations for everybody's sad, unfortunate passing.
0: There are a mm-hmm. lot of coincidental tragedies connected to people who were connected to that film. So you could argue, I think you could make a case for what is a curse if not that? Mm, Coinc- a series of coincidence, uh, uh, unfortunate coincidences. But how many coincidences must you have before you believe they're not coincidental? I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you're like, well, coincidentally, you know. everyone I've ever met... <laughs> Has red (laughs) hair. Maybe you're seeking them out. Like at some point you're like, well, maybe there's something to this, you know? So it's like. Right. The
3: concept of curse Mm -hmm. comes out of that.
0: Right. If you're going to go, well, it's not cursed. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. all these people associated with this thing died. What the
3: fuck? That's a curse. What are we talking
0: about? That's exactly. (laughs) That's the definition of it.
3: I guess. But it depends on, I guess, which direction you're talking about. If you're talking about it as a curse, as causal. Yeah. uh, But. If if it's used to describe a series of Phenomenal, events yeah. they are mm-hmm. connected, that's, you know. That's right? my yeah.
0: point, Kat. After so mm-hmm. many coincidences, could mm-hmm. it be possible that it is causal from the original curse source? <laughs> I understand. Look, production, a person dies, tragedy. A second person dies, tragedy. A third person dies, explainable, tragedy. Once you get to seven mm. or eight, you're like, wait a minute, maybe. Well,
3: I think John wants this to be a curse. I think I'm, really I'm saying there's a curse. <laughs> I, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm saying it. By, well, by definition, it's a curse. That's that's my okay. sticking to it. Correlation
1: is not causation, as you know. But also, mm-hmm. I'm reminded, though, Joe, to, to so that's against your point, John, maybe. But to your point, agreeing with you, even this idea like we think about uh, affirmations, you know, you get what you put out there. <gasps> mm-hmm. The fact Good that in, yeah. you start buying into this, you're giving it this energy and believing it. It just mm-hmm. could Absolutely. come back as this... Phenomenon. It works right. both ways, putting out bad stuff or good stuff.
3: Yeah, nice yeah. connection. Ju-ju. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: All right, I'll give you one more here. I got a few, but I'll give you one more. Here. That was, was the first one, one that was true, way. isn't it? I think. Yeah. They,
2: uh, they've think so. all been sh-
1: BS until yeah. now, right?
0: Yeah.
1: I have some other true ones that I've talked. I've tossed out. Okay. But not as interesting okay. As these. Oh. We'll they're see another time. But this one I had never heard. So uh, oh. among oh. those, I had heard most of those. The guinea pig one I had never heard of. I never heard of that. One. Mm. I think I had heard <laughs> of all the others. This one I had never heard of. All right, late on us, uh, and all I'm right. curious if you guys have ever heard it. Okay, uh, this one is with regard to uh, Phil Collins' song "In the Air Tonight." Okay,
0: mm. so huh. uh, I'm intrigued. Mm.
1: Here's the let legend for mm-hmm. you: uh, of all the pop songs, and, and there's you know this happens where folks hear lyrics to a song, and then without knowing necessarily what the writer intended, we <laughs> we talked about this before. We come up with meaning. We're humans that search oh. for meaning, so we attribute mm-hmm. meaning to yep. it. Well, of mm-hmm. all the songs for which folks have come up with some various elaborate, apocryphal backstories to explain yeah. lyrics, it turns out this Phil Collins hit has got the most bizarre and fantastic set of legends associated with it.
0: Really? really? And I had no
1: idea. Yeah. While many people, like me, I'm assuming, just thought the song was about some sort of unrequited love, mm-hmm. uh, mm. others heard something yeah, yeah. more nefarious in the lyrics. And I'm going to play you the particular lyrics or lyrics that... Uh, lyrics that inspired this urban legend okay okay here's a clip from air uh, in the air tonight No,
3: <laughs>
1: isn't that no, frustrating? No,
3: oh, that doesn't frustrate you guys. Part. Didn't
1: hear the drum break?
3: Well, it wasn't time. Yet. It was time for it. Oh, yeah. I, I take yeah. it. I
0: right. got the on. hair.
3: <laughs> there it right. is. I needed that.
0: It's like shaving a haircut without the two bits. You know? Yeah.
1: Right. So, yeah. in particular, if you the gist of the lyrics that we heard that again have triggered this uh, urban legend. Uh, well, if you told me you were drowning, it would not let the hand. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he then goes on to sing about, I saw what mm. you did. Mm-hmm. Wipe that smile off your sinister. face. <laughs>
2: I've
1: been waiting for this moment all my life. He mm-hmm. goes on to sing after this part, I remember. How could I forget? Mm-hmm. So here's the legend. Uh, and there's various accounts of it, but they, in some way, they uh, encompass adultery, sexual assault, murder, drowning, and the dramatic exposure mm-hmm. of the wrongdoer. Uh, oh, which inspired, and this is a series of events inspired Phil Collins to write this song. Not to go to the police, by the way, yep. but to write a song. It <laughs> gets even song. more elaborate. All right, so here's the, here's the various <laughs> things uh, sort of pulled together. Okay. Uh, now, it's usually, he, so the idea is that he's singing about an event he observed, right? Okay. Uh, and the suggestion being that he said, if you told me you were drowning, I wouldn't lend a hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks believe that either he witnessed someone drowning and didn't save them,
2: Mm -hmm. or
1: he witnessed another person watching someone drown who didn't save this person. Mm -hmm. Some versions of the legend folks speculate that what Collins is singing about is the assault of his wife or catching his wife, having an adulterous uh, affair. Um, Now check it out. So, so some variation of those is the sort of what happened, which inspired him to make this song, right? Okay, Okay. So again, the drowning, I saw what you did. How could I forget? Now, this is another part to the legend where folks believe that Collins learned the identity of the wrongdoer. So either the drowning or the, the violent attack on his wife mm-hmm. or the adulterer. Uh-huh. And he uh-huh. sent anonymously an invite to this person to a concert. <laughs> what? And the person shows up. Oh, my gosh. And then at the subsequent concert, to, you know, to which this gentleman appears, uh-huh. Collins premieres in the air tonight. And during this moment. Spotlights. The the theater is dark, (laughs) except for some spotlights that come up that are equivalent to the brightness of a, you know, a helicopter, a police (laughs) helicopter searching for an escaped convict. And they start scanning the audience until they land on the invited guest. And then Colin sings the rest of the song to him. I I remember, I saw what you did. I remember, how could I forget? And the result of this Mm. is the uninvited stranger is arrested by waiting policemen. Now, shit, that was complicated. You could have just called the cops
3: what? when the first thing yeah. happened.
0: <laughs> Too much. What? Too much. There you go.
3: So there's a legend that that happened? Yeah. I had never that? heard this. Yeah,
1: so the oh song came out in gosh. 81, and accounts started beginning of this as early as 83, 84. It sounds like baloney to me. So yeah. I, I'd never heard it yeah, that didn't happen
3: Oh, Did anybody ask
1: Phil? <laughs> yeah, in 20, and the truth is that in 2016, Collins dismissed the myth uh, uh, during an interview with uh, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I think he's uh-huh. probably since he probably dismissed it probably for longer, right. many more times uh, in the ensuing years <laughs> since 81. As many times but, as he's yeah, heard yeah. it. <laughs> but definitively, in 2016, uh, during this uh, interview on The Tonight Show, he, he said, uh, obviously, it's nonsense. And he explained that when he wrote the song, he was just angry as he navigated mm. his way through the end of his marriage. Uh, he said uh, quote you go through a divorce sometimes it's like I love you I love you don't hang up and then it's like well
0: fuck you yeah it's just a little too literal to be based on something he saw I mean right I've heard that right, song right. a bajillion yeah. times and yeah. and it's all metaphor. Yeah. If if you told yeah, me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. Well, that just means if you're on fire, I wouldn't piss on you. Like it's like I don't. If you're in trouble, I'm not helping, right? We because I don't care about you.
1: Yeah. yeah. It never
3: occurred yeah. to me it could be anything but metaphor. Yeah. Did he see someone drown?
1: Oh my! Right. That, that never know, occurred. Yeah. And no. in, in the apparently the origin of the uh, you know f- them, him identifying someone in the crowd, which led to him this part of the story where he had, he he had known who the the, the uh, you know attacker was and. Yeah. Uh, that during the con- during concerts during this time, they would have a, a moment where they would have these strong spotlights sort of, you know,
0: going. That really, that part really happened, but yeah. Right. Sure. To okay. have it stop on cool. one guy to accuse him and then serenade <laughs> him with a song inspired by knowledge of his crime? <laughs> oh J'accuse! God. Right
1: there. <laughs> Arrest that man. Hey, hey listen, he look like, guys, this is what we're going to do, okay? <laughs> I know it's been years since I, I, I saw this guy. <laughs> I don't know if he's here. Just what we're going to do. Put the spotlights on during the air tonight.
0: If he's here. Oh, my God. Where's perfect. Jimmy? Where's the spotlight guy? Jimmy, yeah, yeah, yeah. look, this guy's got a red shirt. Yeah. What I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I start singing about the drowning pot, I want all the spotlights on this knucklehead with the red shirt and yeah. call the a fuzz.
1: Yeah. And look, and this is what we tell the cops. Here's their clue when they arrest him. Okay. I'm going to do like a drum fill. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll know it. I'm not going to do any of the drum fills during the song. It's going to be the mm-hmm. first time. Just trust me. Yeah, you'll hear. You'll
0: know it when you hear it.
1: <laughs> Freeze. Is this because I watched that kid drown? <laughs> All right, hey, there, there, it's it's not a conspiracy theory. This really was our show. I know you're thinking we probably conspired. There's some shadowy government or organization that uh, made us do this version of the show. It's <laughs> not true. This is a result of
0: just how we did it. So. Wow. That's not what I heard, but I mean, yeah. we'll talk about
3: that yeah.
2: later.
0: You can only blame us.
3: And this mm. show yeah. is brought to you every week, thanks in part to our early conspira- conspirers? conspirators, conspirators, oh. conspirators, sounds conspirers? much better. Like,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I just didn't land on it. Arrest that man. The <laughs> <laughs> rest that cat. <laughs>
3: Our earliest conspirators like Karen Flieger <laughs> mm-hmm. and Rick Parker. Oh, shit.
0: Well, <laughs> I gotta change the screens. God Rick
2: Parker formerly right? of right? the Sugar
0: <laughs> Hill gang, Rick Parker.
2: There you go. This Everything. is
3: good times. Arrest Rick Parker! <laughs> 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 Will's freaking out. <laughs> and thank you, especially to our secret of our success level Patreon supporters mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Matt Marino. Matt, I'm gonna do the thing. What thing? No, the thing last week. Okay, that, was, that last was last week. week. Matt Marino, <laughs> John Henderson. Yo John, Brandon, Brandon Greer, yeah. Brad Bowman, oh, man. Marcus Taylor. Oops. Tony Great, Nick Guillory, and Craig Coletta. (laughs) Yes. (sighs) I love this as the new flourish. There you go. We should do that from now on. Whatever. Hey, yeah, thank you
1: so much, guys. We yeah. thoroughly appreciate it. If you'd like to join
3: our, our uh, patrons,
1: please uh, go over to uh, patreon.com slash 1980s now, and you can find out how you could literally just give us a dollar once or multiple <laughs> dollars every month. <laughs> yeah, and even you have your name said uh, on every episode after the show as we do each week. Hey, but you, you don't I mean, have- We know you yeah. want
3: to hear it said just the way they were this time. Yes, <laughs> so exactly. You, you know you the want your name in there. Joy and
1: frivolity of usual, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Or incorrectly, or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but hey if you don't have any money to give us that's cool we totally understand Mm. Uh, but you could just (laughs) jump. I I
2: mean
0: it's a dollar it's a dollar really it's a
2: dollar
1: but hey you know what we really love too is just uh, some encouragement words of encouragement support etc you can uh, give us a comment or send us an email Mm. Uh, we got a message here from Bill who wrote to quote I really enjoyed your last episode on 1980s now about trucking Oh, there you go, cat. I worked for a trucking company for almost two decades. I spent many days in truck yards across the country making those log tracking computers and training reluctant drivers on how to use them. (laughs) (laughs) Hearing a story about how your dad flipping his vehicle, well, Uh that dredged up real memories about how dangerous the profession actually is. Well done. and I look forward to listening to the episode that just dropped today. Yay. Thanks, Bill. (laughs) Would have been this episode, but... Well, it uh, have been
3: the good crime episode. W- or last week, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Yeah, we also heard from Tom with regard to the trucking episode. He wrote, "Hi guys, I'm listening huh? to Cat and John hey, talking about CBs, truck driving, and other trucker songs right now." Now it's story time.
2: <laughs> 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 story time. <laughs> Years Are ago, I got a job
1: from a roofing company in Alaska, When I was hired. I had a Class A CDL from a previous mm-hmm. job, but I had never drove an eighteen wheeler before then. The company Mm -hmm. had a 74 model cab over Freightliner and a 48 foot flatbed to haul materials to bigger jobs, but only had one other driver who had just lost his license. I had never drove one, not even (laughs) sat in one yet. They needed someone. So they asked me if I could drive it. And I said, sure.
2: Wow. Wait, that's a special license.
0: (laughs) I guess they weren't checking.
2: Maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a special class of license. You need to drive those again. (laughs)
3: All right. <laughs> you don't know, technically need
0: like, a license to drive. You just need to be able to yeah. get in there, turn it on. So I guess that's fine. You Are need we-
3: somebody willing to
0: do it.
1: <laughs> I sure your yeah, so. father had a license. He rolled one. <laughs>
0: yeah. I yeah. yeah. Well, Odd Jobber was licensed established- and you see what happened there.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably had multiple licenses and was using one of them.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Hey, did anybody see an M80? He was <laughs> just here a
1: second ago. <laughs> ah! Uh, (laughs) So back to Tom's story here. Uh, He said the other new driver knew that he was BSing. So he gave me a quick crash course in the, don't say crash course when you're about to get a truck (laughs) you never drove before. A crash course in the yard on how to change the gears. It was Mm -hmm. a crappy rig, but I got the job sites. I got to the jobs, but I got to the job sites and back the entire Mm. time I worked for them. Uh, Right. Since then, I've driven the following with the following construction companies. A Kenworth, no logs, a cab over Mm -hmm. Pete. No nice. reefer on it. A Jimmy, no hogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are all in the convoy song. I know. I know. Reef their- <laughs> when
3: are Those are like all <laughs>
0: jokes no, that there. Will wasn't invited to.
3: <laughs> and Jimmy's hauling the hogs. Yes.
0: <laughs> all right. Thanks for uh, writing,
1: Tom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, you, song. And yeah, finally, thank you Tom. And finally, we also heard, so that's with regard to um, the trucking episodes. And finally, we heard from Jamie. Who happens to be co-host Ooh. of Mister Throwback Thursday a hip hop uh, podcast that you should check Ooh. out? Mm, Appears
3: sounds like I should.
1: But with regard to our discussion about Sugar Hill Gang and the story behind a Rapper's Delight, uh, mm-hmm. Jamie writes, "Quote all props that Cat earned last week with BJ and the Bear have been erased." Okay, so <gasps> during the trucking episode, you earned some uh, props uh, with regard to, to uh, yeah. BJ and I, the Bear. But Jamie says they were relate, erased by not knowing the lyrics to Rapper's Delight. What does he mean? <sighs> it's not a test.
0: Kat, you failed this test. Oh, no. You know what? Yeah. Kat, well, I'm going to step in front of the bullet here because Uh-oh. I also don't know Rapper's Delight okay. chord and verse. I do not know every single syllable of it either. Yeah, sure. I just masked it a little better than maybe Kat did. So I <laughs> mm-hmm. I was not exposed. So whatever heat you throw at Kat, I will absorb half of.
3: John,
2: thank mm-hmm. you. Trucker Do buddies. you think
3: I deserve some credit? Yeah, that's right, trucker buddies don't I deserve a little credit for just launching into white lines, though?
2: Yes. Like, really, Mm. you know? Maybe, Kat,
1: except for Rick outed you on Facebook. Damn it. With regard to this conversation, I wasn't going to bring this up. (laughs) Rick pointed out there's only one way Kat probably knows the lines to white, uh, the lyrics to white lines, Mm -hmm. because Duran Duran did a cover of it.
2: Yes. Oh. That's exactly <laughs> why. <laughs> mm-hmm. so wait because
0: she has a direct reason to be a fan of it she does not get credit for knowing it it's just coincidental sometimes you get lucky I, you know it, that counts
3: i like that song too no.
1: i guess we're, yeah i guess we're not attacking her for not uh, um well i'm not admitting to attacking her we're not even
3: attacking her what am i saying no
1: one's, no one's attacking me uh, I'm props
3: her, taken so. away thank you john all We're the just props oh okay I know what it away. is okay I've got it worked out what is the it?
1: implication okay. of cat knowing white lines in our conversation about Sugar Hill Gang and rappers Delight mm-hmm. mm-hmm. was that she knew something about hip hop mm. that she was familiar with you know that music of that genre and mm-hmm. while you can say she is familiar with it because of Duran Duran. It's only, you know, the Venn diagram of the, like, that's
0: tenuous at best, that connection. But are you saying she misrepresented herself? She's welcome to sing any song she would like. She did not perpetrate a particular amount of knowledge about any subject, she simply was singing along.
3: I didn't have. say my mm. Yeah why I knew mm. it Why I had it memorized mm. Why I've belted it out At two Now gonna be three concerts <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: This is I don't know It was Yes you're right It wasn't necessarily Implied so much that It was inferred maybe But either mm. way mm. It was <sighs> <laughs> Oh no Get her Arrest that man it's Cat Arrest <laughs> that cat all right, hey guys. Uh we will pretend we know something about something else next time when we uh, talk to you when we talk to you next time. On 1980s now.
3: I can't wait till that next time. They're here.
1: <laughs>